what are the measures of health that actually matter? Because I see so many people tracking a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter, that doesn't correlate to anything in their actual life, right? Anything that they could use, right? So yes, there are metrics that can tell you things as to whether how good you, your body is recovered and things like that. And I think that stuff is important, but what are the things that are actually going to be able to move the needle forward? And a lot of those things can't actually be measured by these, by these um, fitness apps, right? So oh, the reason why I'm making this podcast is to show you or just reiterate to you different ways that you can actually start to get to know your body better and start to really start speaking the language of your body because whether you know it or not, your body is always speaking to you and communicating to you as to whether or not, like not to whether or not, but really where your body is and how it's feeling and it's giving you feedback all the time. A lot of times we just don't know or and or we don't speak the language of the body, right? Because before you get sick, there's a lead up. Right? For example, if you pay attention to your health, uh, to your health, to your, to your um, pulse, right? If you pay attention to your pulse, whether this is you're taking your pulse from your radio, from your radio um, pulse in your, um, in your wrist, or you're taking it from your carotid artery or somewhere else, right? You could do that, or you could rely on an app, whichever one, but you need to see where is your normal pulse? Where are you normally waking up, right? Because this is going to be your baseline. Whenever you deviate from your baseline uh, too far up, right? What's going to happen is that's going to be an indication of how much stress you're under. Because I am a lifelong learner. I am capable of greatness. I am in peak physical health. I am in peak mental health. I am in tune with my body. I am obsessed with getting to the next level. Welcome to the performance lens. Let's start the show. What's up? What's going on, everybody? And welcome to yet another episode of The Performance Lens. In this episode, what we are going to do is we are going to talk about what are the actual metrics of health that matter? What are the things that are going to be able to move the needle forward when it comes to your health and well-being, right? Because I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were ranting on and on about um, the different things that they were using to track their health, right? And like I used to use a whole lot of stuff to track my health, to, to be fair. I used to use um, Fitbit. I used to use uh, Whoop. I used to use um, Garmin, right? And there's just a bunch of different things that I use and uh, Apple Watch, right? So, and, and, a, and a Samsung watch. So I really had, let me just make sure this thing doesn't fall, but I really had um, a lot of different things that I was using um, to actually track my health, right? And what I was realizing was um, maybe about two years ago, so I was using Whoop and I just stopped using Whoop, right? I don't know exactly why, nothing really t like told me to just stop using Whoop. I didn't find anything really wrong with it. But one thing that I was noticing was that I was relying more on these gadgets to tell me how I feel rather than knowing how I feel based off of being able to feel my body. And what do I mean by feel my body? Because a lot of people are like, what do you mean feel your body? Like, what does that even mean? I mean, when I wake up in the morning before checking the app, I need to know how I feel. The app is cool and it could, it could, 
further validate how I feel or it could be whatever to me, right? But there is also such a thing as placebo effect, right? So let's just say that you wake up in the morning, you're feeling good, right? And then you don't check your app, whatever it is, whatever app you're using and to see like what your night's sleep was and all this stuff and you feel good, you actually feel good. Then you check the app and all of a sudden it says, hey, you know what, you're not, um, you're not as recovered as you think, right? Um, you, you actually didn't get that well sleep, uh, you actually needed more sleep, blah, blah, blah. And now the placebo effect is actually real, right? Because um, it, it, they have to test it against medicine. So like, if, if somebody believes that they feel good, then they feel good, right? And if somebody believes that they feel bad, they feel bad. Now, the, the, that placebo effect works in the opposite too, right? If you have your app and all of a sudden you were feeling good, but then all of a sudden you look at the app and all of a sudden now you're like, ah, oh, oh man, I didn't get that good, good of sleep. You know what? I actually don't feel that great, right? So that happens, that tends to happen. And I don't think that that's that big of a deal, but to me, in my mind, because that happened to me a bunch of times, right? To me, in my mind, that's basically saying that I'm in, I don't know how my body how to actually know how my body feels based off of me. Got a phone call, sorry about that. <laughs> but I basically don't know how my body feels on a daily basis based off of me, right? So I want to be able to wake up in the morning and know how my energy is gonna be for the day right? That's very, 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 very important because not only does your energy come from, yes, your heart rate measure and all of that stuff, but actually the feeling that you feel in your body. And if you are offloading or, or really just outsourcing how you feel in your body to a device, you actually get further and further away from actually knowing how your body actually feels, right? And we don't actually have that connection with our body. And I believe that at times those apps are dangerous for us. And I use dangerous just because, just, just to get your attention. I mean, I don't really think it's that dangerous, right? But, but like it, it, it further disconnects you from your body if that's the only metric that you use, right? So many people look at their, oh, you know, I got to take this many steps, right? Which leads me to the next, to the next, um, kind of, uh, thing here and or the next subject in this topic and it's like what are the measures of health that actually matter because I see so many people tracking a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter that doesn't correlate to anything in their actual life right anything that they could use right so yes there are metrics that can tell you things as to whether how good you, your body is recovered and things like that. And I think that stuff is important, but what are the things that are actually going to be able to move the needle forward? And a lot of those things can't actually be measured by these, by these um, fitness apps, right? So oh, the reason why I'm making this podcast is to show you or just reiterate to you different ways that you can actually start to get to know your body better and start to really start speaking the language of your body because whether you know it or not, your body is always speaking to you and communicating to you as to whether or not, like not to whether or not, but really where your body is and how it's feeling and it's giving you feedback all the time. A lot of times we just don't know or and or we don't speak the language of the body, right? Because before you get sick, there's a lead up. Right? For example, if you pay attention to your health, uh, to your health, to your, to your um, pulse, right? If you pay attention to your pulse, whether this is you're taking your pulse from your radial, from your radial um, pulse in your, um, in your wrist, or you're taking it from your carotid artery or somewhere else, right? 
You could do that or you could rely on an app, whichever one, but you need to see where is your normal pulse? Where are you normally waking up, right? Because this is gonna be your baseline. Whenever you deviate from your baseline uh, too far up, right? What's going to happen is that's going to be an indication of how much stress you're under. Because if you wake up and your heart rate is, is higher than it normally is, right? And there's, there's a formula to that. I won't really go into all of that here. But um, if you wake up and your heart rate is higher than it normally is, chances are that you're either not recovered and your body is not going to be able to or well-equipped or it won't be well-equipped to, um, to handle stress, right? So you have to know that about your body because let's just say you have some sort of stressful event coming up or something like that. It's a big old hornet. I'm over here like... <laughs> um, you're, let's just say that that day you have a lot of stressful events that may be happening. You have to know that about yourself, right? So now that you know that and have that information about yourself, what can happen here is that you tailor your day to optimize your day. Most people don't know that just something as simple as knowing your pulse in the morning can be so beneficial because if you have, if you have multiple days where your pulse is high, this is going to say, hey, if you don't fix this soon, your immune system is not going to start working properly. And this is an indication of you getting sick or on the way to getting sick. Right? So there are so many different indications and keys and just pulse is one of them, right? And I'm gonna go over some more. So pulse is one. So just tracking your pulse in the morning, right? In the beginning, you wanna see what is a baseline. So I'd say anywhere from 10 to 20 days, you're tracking your pulse just to see what is the average. And then you're looking to see whether you, if your pulse is, is uh, lower than normal, right? This, this could mean that you're a little bit more recovered and a little bit more rested and relaxed. Um, whenever your heart is beating faster and faster and faster, this basically means that you're putting more and more stress on the body. Whenever it's beating slower, your body actually has the chance to go into a recovery state. Now, if it goes too, too low, then obviously there's some problems here, but most people don't really, it, that doesn't happen to most people. For most people, it's actually pretty high, right? So if you're looking at your pulse, uh, an, an athlete, right, is going to be in like the 40s, low 40s, right? And a sedentary person, sometimes their pulse, their resting pulse, like literally when they first wake up is like 60, 70, right? That's a really high pulse. So you want to be able to get that down, right? And that's just one thing. And I don't want to go too far into one subject because I know I could rant on and on forever. I don't know how long I went on about pulse, right? But uh, another thing is people track their steps. Your steps are almost irrelevant, right? Um, I'm not going to say almost irrelevant, but like if you don't move your body a lot, or at all. Steps are a great way to measure to see if you're actually moving your body, but steps are only one part, right? If you take, let's just say, 20,000 steps, so what, right? So what? Like, like that doesn't mean that you're going to be healthier. That may mean that, you know, you could, your legs work a little bit better, right? But like that, is, that doesn't really mean anything, right? So you tracking your steps and be like, yeah, you know, I hit my step goal. It's like, that's great if you're, if you're sedentary, right? But if you're, not, if you're not sedentary, tracking your steps and hitting a certain amount of steps each day is basically irrelevant, right? It doesn't really do much more for your health to have more steps, right? If you want to really be in the range of, of like, 12 to 15,000 steps a day because now you know that you're, you're actually moving the needle enough so that you can actually use energy inside of your body and you'll actually be tired at the end of the day. That's what I use it for, right? So a lot of people that can't really sleep that well, chances are that you're not really using a lot of energy and your body just has a whole bunch of stored up energy and um, you just, because each day, it's not like you could save your energy for today and then use it tomorrow. Like each day you get a new restore of energy, right? There are some days where 
where you know you'll be offloading more than more than others but for the most part you, you're not going to work your body doesn't operate in a state of like you know you can get rid of all your energy that you have for the day today and then you wake up tomorrow and you have more energy so there's no need to constantly like try to conserve it or something like that right so counting your steps is kind of pointless right it's kind of pointless it, again if you're really sedentary then it might be it might be a, a, a good measure to start off with right it's definitely not bad but it's mostly pointless so like if you're getting a lot of steps in the day that's cool that's great that's fantastic walking helps um you know pump things throughout your body but you need to do a little bit more than walking to actually be uh to have optimal health right like walking is great it's fantastic i do it every single day i actually walk to this location and i probably take um i don't know how many steps but i walk at least five miles a day at the bare minimum at least right this is counting all my steps and everything at least right so um that's that's like the bare minimum right so again 12 to 15,000 steps this will help actually you know help you offload some energy so that you can actually sleep at night because your body is able to actually use the food that it that it has consumed and all of those kind of stuff now i'm going to get off of that because again s- steps are not really that important it's a good measure if you're measuring something right just to see right but the amount of steps that you're taking like so what so what like <laughs> it doesn't really matter okay um now moving on to things that are actually more important uh checking your urine color and your urine and and um how frequently you're urinating uh you're you're peeing or pooping right though that is a measure that can't be measured by a, uh, by anything on your wrist right and th- checking your urine color and uh your poop these things are essential for you to actually live because if you don't poop or if you don't pee you're going to be backed up and this is going to cause death and decay inside of your body and sooner or later things inside of your body are going to die and it's not going to be good for you right so you need to be able to eliminate the things that are in your body now you're looking at your pee color right um and you're you're monitoring it because if it's super dark all the time right if it's super dark all the time you have to know that either you're dehydrated or you're getting rid of something in your body right like I don't know if you've ever been paying attention but if you have a lot of vitamins usually or not usually but sometimes right you have this you have this um thing where you go to pee and sometimes like a different color it might be like neon or orange or something like that right and um you just pay attention to to that color but uh what I like to say there is that the best solution for pollution is dilution right so if your body is getting rid of a whole lot of stuff right if you're noticing that that your pee color is is really dark right this probably means that you're dehydrated meaning that you need to get more hydration into you and you can get hydration into you by drinking water but not just drinking water you have to have some sort of minerals in the water so i would say just a little bit of pink himalayan sea salt or if you have any sort of trace elements you can go ahead and put that in your water so your body can absorb that very quickly also different ways that you can hydrate your body is um fruits and vegetables right because those naturally have water in them they have something called H3O2 uh, no H3O not O2 right H H3O right instead of instead of two oxygen they have three oxygen right and it's just a different structure of crystals um of the water right so your body can actually uptake that a little bit better right so those are ways that you could hydrate your body just drinking regular water you may actually be drinking water that's acidic right um and a lot of water is acidic and i won't really go into that cuz obviously you know i can rant right but um <laughs> but you want to make sure that the water that you're taking in is is not too acidic because then your body really can't use it right and and if you make the body more 
acid. This throws off the pH of the body, and you, when your pH of the body is thrown off, this can offset a lot of different things in your body, and thus just making things decay faster, which is which is the exact opposite of what what you want. You actually want restoration in the body, and when the pH is uh, is more alkaline, you actually have more healing in the body. So acidic, there's. A, acidic and there's alkaline, right? It, you're either gonna be more acidic or more alkaline. Seven is the middle um, and one is the low end of acidity and 14 is the high end on, um, on alkaline, right? So if you want to check the pH of your water, you can easily get that uh, like a pH strip or there's, there's so many different methods nowadays. Um, you could, you could test, test it with a dropper or something like that just to see the pH of your water if you want to test that. And again, you wanna put more alkaline things into your body so that your body can actually uh, improve and expand, right? So there's that. So you wanna check the, uh, the color of your urine. I'm not saying that it has to be clear because if it's clear, it also means that you're not getting rid of things in your body because your kidneys are not filtering anything through, right? So um, you, don't, you want it to be like light yellow light yellow, right? Like most of the time. Sometimes right after you have vitamins or something like that, if your body can't process all of them, you're gonna pee them out. So that's why your, the color of your urine will change, right? But if your urine is dark all the time, like that, that's probably an indication that you are, a, you are dehydrated. There are special cases, but we won't really go into all of that. If you're having like, if you're really going through something, there's gonna be a lot of darker urine because your body's actually pushing things outside of the body because urine is a way of detoxing the body as well, right? Um, so also we have to look at your poops, right? Um, I don't wanna to get too, too disgusting on here, but basically um, you wanna make sure that your poops are solid. If you have poops that are not really solid, this means that your body is not processing things properly and things are not um, going through the gut properly, right? Because things tend to coagulate and solidify and then you poop that out. If your poops are not solid, this means that uh, somewhere in the, in, the, um, in, the, in the general scheme of everything, you're actually not your body is not able to properly eliminate, right? Your body's not able to properly eliminate. And you're probably looking at anywhere from six to 12 inches of poop to come out of you each day. And this is every single day because you need to be eliminating things every single day, right? If you're not eliminating things every single day, you might become constipated and constipation is again, backing up the system. And that kind of turns your body into somewhat of a swamp. When you're thinking about the body, you're always thinking of it as a river of things are always flowing. If things are not flowing through the body, then it tends to, it, it tends to wreck a lot of systems in the body. So again, that's why I'm saying you need to pay attention to your poop color and your pee color, right? Another thing is you need to pay attention to your breathing rate. Um, now, there is no, no way to actually track this all the time, but take time throughout the day to make sure that you are taking less breaths. What do I mean by this? Or why, why is this even relevant? The more breaths you take, the more stressed your body is. So if you're taking less breaths, this basically means that your body is less stressed. When your body is less stressed, it has the opportunity, number one, to gain or, or to actually take on more stress because you have no idea um, you know, the amount of stress you're gonna be subject to each day. But if you start the day with a high level of stress, you, have, you basically have no more room left in your stress bucket. And if you have no more room left in your stress bucket, anything can throw you off the edge, which means that your immune system is, is vulnerable, um, which means that you can easily get sick. You're, you're, uh, you're not gonna be able to process things throughout your body well, so that your digestive system is gonna be messed up. This opens you up to a whole host of different issues, right? So you need to make sure that inside of your body, things are constantly being eliminated and things like that, right? So 
on the next one, what we want to do is uh, we want to focus on, how do I put this? Okay, so a lot of times we have, we have that breathing rate, right? And what you want to do is take time to where you're actually consciously taking breaths. Your breaths are really the only part of your autonomic nervous system is basically, or the autonomic systems in your body that you can control. Basically meaning that you can't control your digestion, you can't control your blood flow really, um, and you can't control your heart rate, right? But what you can do is control the rate of your breathing, which can influence all of these things, right? So when you actually take control of your breath, and this could be something as simple as taking five minutes out of the day to slow your breathing down, whether you take a four second inhale and then a and then a six second exhale that's the thing that I like to do you don't have to copy that one but um, what happens is you significantly reduce the amount of breaths that you're taking in a minute right so at that at that rate your breathing rate if you take four seconds in six seconds out that's ten that's a ten second breath in one in one minute in one minute excuse me in one minute you're actually taking now um, you're taking six breaths instead of some people are taking ten uh, some people are taking it anywhere from 10 and 10 is really at the low end. A lot of people are taking like 20 breaths a minute and that's because they're shallow. So the, right, this is going to lead to anxiety, right? This is going to speed up the thoughts in your mind, right? This is going to speed up all the processes in your body and your body is going to deem that as stressful. And you, if you're in a, st- in a stressful state for a long period of time, your body normally can't handle this. Right? So it's going to start breaking down or compromising in other areas. Right? So this is something that you don't want. So you want to pay attention to your rate of breathing. It doesn't mean that you have to constantly do that four, four second inhale, six second exhale, even though if you work up to it, that'd be fantastic. And that would actually almost help you live longer because if you're taking less breaths, this means that your system is less stressed. Right? So I'm going to get off of that, but really checking in with your breathing patterns because if you're... Or even not even that, like if you're doing that throughout the whole day, imagine how many breaths you're taking in a minute. You're taking 20, 25 breaths in a minute. Like that's a lot of breathing in one minute and that's going to tax your system. No wonder why you're tired. No wonder why you're tired. Like that's breathing like you were just doing a hit workout. That's breathing like you're doing some kind of workout or you're brisk walking the whole entire day. Like of course you're gonna be tired, right? So that is gonna help with your energy levels and start balancing that out. And again, you can't really measure that on an app, on your watch, right? Um, another thing is that we want to, we want to pay attention to um, really our inflammation levels. Now, this is a little bit more difficult for people to pay attention to because they've never done it, but really just checking the inflammation of your body. Now, there's one thing that you could do um, in general, right? You know when you're kind of bloated, right? So when you eat something that, you're really, that, that really doesn't vibe with you, you kind of know when you're bloated and you feel it, and that's a level of inflammation. Also, to check your inflammation levels, you can also look around your belly button, and if, if your belly button around it is puffy, that means that you have some inflammation in your body. Chances are the inflammation is also in your gut, and your gut is basically your second brain. If your gut is not functioning properly, it can't give you the proper hormones, which also means that your body will not be functioning properly, right? So you are going to start to get all sorts of issues. You leave yourself open to anxiety. You leave yourself open to depression. You leave yourself open to, um, to all sorts of other all sorts of other hormonal issues, right? So 
you really want to make sure that you're checking your inflammation levels. Also, you could check your inflammation levels just in general by checking, by checking your skin levels, right? Like for me, um, I'm nor normally you can see my veins, it's hot out here, so you can see them a little bit more and you can see everything kind of pumping a little bit more. But um, if you have like a, like a puffiness to your skin, right, this is going to be inflammation. And this is, a, this is again, another way of your body telling you, and it's a way in the language in which the body speaks so that you now know, hey, I need to check in with this level. And that's something that you really want to be paying attention to each and every single day. Another thing you want to pay attention to is your wake up time and your sleep time. Right? I'm not going to go too crazy about this, but you basically want to be waking up and going to sleep around the same time each day, especially on the weekends. Right? A lot of people will, will wake up for work and go to sleep um, at, at, at whatever time to go to work, but then on the weekend, you, you have this, this, uh, this lapse. Right? So that's two days. So that's two days out of seven days. I don't know what the exact percentage on that is, but it's probably close to around 20% or something like that. So 20% of your week is thrown off automatically and probably if we add Friday in there because it's another weekend kind of day now you're looking at close to 30% or even close to half of your of your day is throwing off your circadian rhythm now your circadian rhythm is basically your body's internal clock right so your body's internal clock basically works off of light exposure right so i'm going to make this i'm going to try to make this as quick as possible but Exposing yourself to light when you want to wake up is a very good idea, right? Let's just say you're in the middle of winter or maybe you're somewhere where it's, where it's dark a lot, right? When you want to wake yourself up, you, you start turning on lights and things like that, right? And then when you want to calm yourself down and go to sleep, again, you start turning off the lights or you view the sun when it's going down because this, this gives your body an indication that uh, it's time to wind down. Now, if the sun goes, goes down late well not even late but early right the sun normally doesn't go down late for people it normally goes down early for people so if if where you are the sun is going down early and you're like well i'm not going to go to sleep at four o'clock right of course then you you have you have lights on in your house obviously but when you're trying to go to sleep right you need to have a period of time i'd say probably about two to three hours where where the lights are dimmer or closer to the ground because when the light is overhead, right, your body basically views this, your body's circadian clock is basically going based off of the angle of the sun, right, and the angle of lighting, right? So if the, if the sun is up high and you're outside, this is going to give you more awake hormones inside of your body, right? But if the sun comes down lower, right, this, this starts to, to the process of, of um, meditation, Melatonin, melatonin being processed to make you start start going to sleep and going into that rest and recovery process, right? So you want to use that as as your advantage. So light you can use as your advantage, but you have to know that it works all the time. So if you are trying to go to sleep, let's just say you're trying to go to sleep in an hour or two, and you're just sitting there in front of a TV or in front of bright overhead lights, your body is not going to really wind down as well as you think. Again, because it's so smart and sophisticated that it's viewing the angle of the sun. Now, the body doesn't know that you could create artificial light, right? So you can use the artificial light to your advantage. If, the, if you have to wake up and, you know, the sun's not out yet, you could start turning on lights and this will help rate, wake your body up. Right. But also, if you want to if you want to wind your body down, right, if you want to go with with the um, 
with the rise and the fall of the sun, if it's if if that's good for you, right? Then you could then you could just view the sun when it's coming up and when it's coming down. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to watch the sun rise and sunset, but when the sun starts to rise, this this will give your body um an indication that it should be waking up and it'll start giving you the proper hormone concoction inside of your body. Thus, the same thing that happens when you start to go to sleep, it will start giving you the proper hormone uh, um, concoction to help you start lowering down everything and really going into a rest and restorative process, right? So that's how you can use the, the light. So again, right, if you're trying to go to sleep, you want to keep the lights dim. Or if you're close to going to sleep, I'd say like two hours, two hours or an hour before you're going to sleep, keep the lights dim or, or off, right? And not really viewing bright screens or blue light. Blue light tends to, tends to like weird the body out because it doesn't really know like what's going on, right? So what you could do is put on blue light blockers, right? And you're on your eyes, especially because at night, like probably you don't have a bunch of bright overhead lights on, but you only have the TV on, right? So you're just getting that light coming in and it's not really messing with your skin, but it's going to mess with your eyeballs, right? Because your eyeballs are, again, uh, a a feedback mechanism as to the angle of the sun and all that stuff, right? And again, your body doesn't know the difference between artificial light and and, uh, natural light, right? And natural light is always sunlight. There's no other really natural light, right? Um, So that's definitely something that you want to pay attention to if if, if your sleep is being thrown off. So if you're the type of person that watches TV before you go to sleep, right, and you're wondering why your body isn't isn't recovering properly or you're not able to go to sleep as quickly as you want to, you then need to look at that. And also, you can maybe just throw on those blue blocker glasses, right? Now, you could easily get some of those from Amazon. You know, you just got to be careful with them because sometimes, uh, not even be careful, like you might just get a pair like that you're spending 10 bucks on that really doesn't have blue light blockers. It just has like a tint on them, right? So you just you just gotta kind of know on there. Like you probably gotta spend maybe like fifty bucks on a pair on a pair of glasses. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you know you you use that so that your body can actually heal and and go into rest restoration process. Um, yeah, so it can easily go into a restoration process when you're going to sleep because sleep is extremely important for your body's ability to recover because when you're awake, you're, you're receiving nothing but inputs and stress. It's very hard to recover when you're actually awake because you're getting so many inputs in, right? So that's the, I'm going to stop the podcast here and I'll probably make a part two of this, but I just spit a lot of information at you, but they're very easy things to pay attention to. I gave you very simple solutions and... These things are so easy to, to, uh, to follow, but you have to know to actually do them. Because if you don't actually do them, then they could easily be working against you. And in this day and age, everything that I, that I mentioned, really, everybody's doing the exact opposite. Even people that are actually tracking their sleep and all that stuff, just because you have the numbers doesn't mean anything improves. Just because you have the numbers doesn't really mean that things start getting better. You have to know the mechanisms to actually start change, changing that. Now, if you want to uh, dive deeper into this and you want to really start optimizing your health, we have, we have some coaching spots available um, for you to start optimizing your health and really start rebalancing your system. We, we really just help you start to rebalance your system. And then from there, we start to optimize your health. A lot of us are, are so far away from what it actually is to be human because we're so far into this technology age. And I use technology all the time, so I'm not demonizing technology, right? It's there for a purpose, but we have to remember that we actually have to use the technology for our advantage and not just to our demise. That's all I got for you guys. I'll see you in another episode of The Performance Lens. Peace.